We've had several of our teens that attend Hope Worldwide, uh, building projects and working with the needy and helping other groups uh, that are in need or being trained for different things. And so they had a blast. They raised their money and they, they, they signed themselves up there. And so we get to hear from them. Rachel Gonzalez, Gabby Cervantes, Uju are going to be sharing about their experience in Hope Worldwide. Amen? Jack McGrath is going to share about his experience at Teen Camp. Megan Whitcomb is going to share about her experience helping out at Youth Camp and her experience at Teen Camp along with Janae Johnson. So I give you Rachel Gonzalez. Hi, everybody. My name is Rachel Gonzalez. I will be a senior this year at Culver City High School. (laughs) Um, I've been a disciple for about a year now, and this summer I had the privilege of going to Youth Corps for the first time in Denver, Colorado. Um, So the theme for all of the Youth Corps this summer was how we should be lights to the world and how we should be showing God's love through our actions and our service. So in Denver this year, we did disaster relief due to the huge flood that was happening that happened there recently. Um, we mainly worked with two families, um, rebuilding their yards, doing manual labor just to basically repair their house from the damage that the flood had caused. Um, there was also one city that we went to named Lyons, and they were heavily impacted by the flood. Um, the neighborhoods literally looked like war zones. Houses were abandoned. Um, it was insane. and. It just really made me think about how grateful I should be because these people literally lost everything that they had. They had to leave their houses. They had to leave, like, their lives. And they were still joyful. They were giving to us. Um, people would even stop us in the middle of the street because we were volunteers, and they would, be, they would just express their gratitude for us. And it was just really impactful to see how grateful they were still being, even though they had lost their lives, basically. Um, also at Youth Corps, I built some really amazing friendships with disciples all over L.A., Virginia, Chicago, Texas, and even Canada. Um, we spent an entire 10 days together, so in all that time, we got extremely close, and we got really deep with each other, and it really made me realize how important godly friendships are and how these relationships are what's going to help me continue with my walk with God, um, because being connected with my friends in the teen ministry was something I definitely struggled with throughout the school year, and um, because of Youth Corps and because of the amazing friendships that I built, um, I really want to bring back what I learned about being a light and trying to show God and his love to my family and my friends, Um, and I just wanted to take the time to thank everyone who donated to me and to all of us who got to go to Youth Corps this year and also to hope for allowing me to realize that serving God's people is a major way that I can be a light to those around me. Um, Thanks for letting me share. Good morning, church. My name is Gabby Cervantes, and this summer I had the awesome opportunity to go serve in Hope Youth Corps in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Going in, I was a little bit nervous since I'm not really as social or as outgoing, but by literally the second day, all 50 of us, yes, there were 50 kids on our youth corps, and the average was like 30, so it was a lot of kids, but we got really close like that, and it was just um, really awesome. Um, It was awesome to meet new people, and they came from New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Massachusetts, Florida, Miami, um, 
Michigan, Georgia, Colorado, Texas, Washington, Canada, and even we had a girl from London, and she was so cute. Um, and I even got to go cl closer with some of the LA teens who I had never even like met before, so it was just really awesome. The whole purpose of my youth corps was to train, and during the last few days that we were there, um, we were mentors to inner city kids who were less fortunate than us. Um, and my experience was very humbling for me. Um, you know, just seeing where these kids came from, like we went to their neighborhood, and it was just really, like, it made me realize that, like, you know, we're very blessed to have what we have. And, um, like, they, these kids, they had so little, but yet they brought so much to the camp. Um, they were so excited to see us. You know, they had been counting down the days, like, from, like, day one to, like, come to see us at the camp. And it was just really, like, humbling. Um, my girl, Shadea, was um, really fun to be around. She was a little bit crazy, but, um, you know, she was really great. And she was, sorry, she was funny, and she was upbeat, and she was just such a joy to be around. And finally, one thing that I learned from Youth Corps is the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And this scripture is what pushed me out of my comfort zone to be able to give um, my mentee the love that she deserved. And I'm very grateful that I had this amazing opportunity to go and serve. And thank you for letting me share with you lovely people. Hi, my name is Uju Zajuku. My parents are to shake and Ifoma, and I'm starting my senior year at Palisade Charter High School in two days. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who donated or bought a cupcake or brownie. Every donation made this summer the best summer I've ever had in my life. Your donations allowed me to not only go to Hope Youth Corps, but also to go to our LA Teen Camp. You gave me an opportunity to grow closer to God and to build relationships with people from other states and a few from other countries. At the beginning of the summer, when I was planning to, for all of these things, my dad challenged me with determining my personal goals for youth corps and teen camp. Basically, my only goal was to be more friendly and out of myself. In Philadelphia, I went in expecting to be serving in the rough parts of North Philly all day, every day for the two weeks I was there, but I think everyone on our youth corps ended up serving one another in so many ways. Whether it was just being open to friendship, with a stranger or clearing plates at meals or engaging in conversation, I felt that we all gave to one another. In addition to giving to one another, we also gave to the kids from North Philly that we mentored. One of the big things that our youth corps leader wanted to get across was that these kids were just like us, but in different situations, sorry. And as the time we spent with them went by, I definitely saw them open up. I left Philadelphia with more friendships, bug bites, and a greater compassion for people so similar to me, but in different circumstances. I entered teen camp trying to erase the expectations I had built up over the past four years. I wanted to make the most of my last teen camp as a senior, and I did. I actually talked to people in different regions. <laughs> God really helped my heart through Youth Corps and kept it soft for teen camp so I could build those relationships with other teens in the LA teen ministry. My biggest takeaway from teen camp was one, to break the habit of hiding, and two, to build the habit of microscopic honesty. Thank you.
Good morning, church. Um, my name is uh, Jack McGrath, and I'm going to be a senior at uh, Hamilton High School. Um, this uh, past camp was my uh, fourth year at teen camp, and um, every year one of my favorite things about teen camp is the uh, camaraderie and the uh, brotherhood of the um, uh, your D groups and your cabins. Um, uh, you get to know people on a much deeper level than you ever could with your uh, friends from high school. Um, it's, uh, it's a strong bond that is only created when uh, God is the common denominator. Uh, everyone is just uh, so open about their lives and willing to talk about their mistakes that uh, at the end of the camp you feel like uh, you've been with these guys more than a week. Uh, another part of teen camp I really enjoyed, well, I always enjoy, is the uh, the worship services uh, every night. Uh, just uh, 300 kids singing with all their heart, uh, with their hands in the air, uh, made you wish uh, high school was more like that. Um, but uh, at the end of camp, uh, I decided to have a more active role in the team ministry and uh, start studying the Bible again. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, my name is Janae Johnson, and I'm going to be a junior at Culver City High School this year. <laughs> and I had the awesome experience of being a gopher uh, to a lot of your kids at youth camp. By the way, um, a gopher is a teen volunteer, um, and we're staff members, and we can help with chairs or even be like a fill-in counselor. I remember I was a fill-in counselor. But um, I personally feel indebted to youth camp because my last year – of youth camp really shaped who I am today, and I became a disciple in the eighth grade on March 12, 2000, March 18, 2012, and um, I feel like youth camp really helped me decide that I wanted to be a disciple at such a young age, but um, one of my favorite things about camp was the worship, and I can't tell you how convicting it is for myself to see all of these kids, and they're, and they're young, they're, you know, it's grade school and middle school, and their hands are all raised, and they're crying, and their eyes are closed, and it's so convicting for myself, and um, I feel so grateful that I got to witness it and um, even help some of them with their walk with God, because it was the first time that I felt like they felt personally connected with God, and it was really great to witness that. And being at youth camp, I was reminded of all of the basic things that we learn in Kingdom Kids and we learn, you know, at the beginning. And these kids got so excited about just knowing the basics, and I just realized how numb I am to knowing those things. And um, there were other gophers from all over the L.A. church, and some of them from Orange County and Lighthouse and IE and stuff. And meeting those gophers helped me to have more friends at teen camp. And then the worship was also my favorite part at teen camp. Um, at one of the lessons, they talked about being microscopically honest with yourself. And I think that was really the whole point of the past week. Um, if you saw from the video, the theme of this year was Truth Be Told. And it's being truthful, truthful about where you are when you're in your relationship with God, even if you don't really have one, and telling other the people truth about God. And I now have new and refined relationships with other people that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go to teen camp and even youth camp, they're so important. And um, this has definitely been one of the funnest and most convicting summers of my life, not only because I had a su such an awesome counselor, but because I allowed God to change me within these two experiences. Thank you.
church. My name is Megan Whitcomb, and I'm going to be in 10th grade at Culver City High School. <laughs> and I got the amazing opportunity to be a gopher at preaching camp with Janae. And um, one of the lessons that really stood out to me at preaching camp was one that Jake Rock did about Satan's lies. And one of the lies that Satan tells us is that all the movies we watch and the music we listen to and the impurity that comes with all that stuff, that it's no big deal. And that we can rationalize it in our head that, you know, oh, it's just a little bit of, you know, sarcasm, a little bit of swearing, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But Satan doesn't tell us what it does to our hearts and our minds. And um, another thing I learned at camp was uh, that you have to pray in every situation, big or small. There was this one day that a staff member came up to me. He was like, hey, you have to find this one camper. And there are 350 campers there. I was walking around that camp for 20 minutes at least. And so I started asking counselors. I was like, hey, have you seen this girl? And um, I went up to this one. He said, no, do you want to pray about it? And I was like, she didn't get abducted. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to look for her, you know? And, um, and he said, so we can still pray about it. So we stopped and we prayed. And then once we were done, I turned around and she was right there. And I was like... <sighs> And it was crazy because if he didn't stop me to pray, I would have kept walking in the other direction, and I would have completely missed her. So just that small little instance really showed me how much I need God. You know, in the smallest, just finding this one little kid, I need God in every aspect of my life, big or small. And um, in teen camp this past week, I really learned to serve with all my heart no matter what. And... Um, my team at teen camp was dead last all week. It was, it was such a struggle. Yes, it was a struggle. Uh, we were, like, losing every single game. But I really learned from preaching camp that even when all odds are against you, you still have to serve with all your heart. And our team actually got best sportsmanship. <laughs> That's a loser's award, right? Uh, <laughs> because... Um, even though we kept losing and losing and losing, we never stopped giving. And it was just really awesome. And I feel like God really prepared me because of preaching camp for teen camp. And um, this is just a fraction of the ways that God has really shown me his love and softened my heart this summer. And thanks for letting us all share. hear me? All right. <clears throat> Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Desi Cervantes. I'm going to be a senior at Culver City High School this year. And so this morning, I'm going to share a song with you guys that I wrote. But before we get into that, I just have a small backstory to share. Um, so I became a disciple about two years ago, and that's when I started writing this song. But, um, you know, life has its challenges. And so I would say that this past year as a junior, I really drifted away from God and the fellowship of the teen ministry, but this song is about how God is faithful, and um, I finished it this past weekend at teen camp, and so I'm currently going through restoration studies, and um, 
this song is really just about how God is faithful, and no matter how hard you push or how far you run, he's always going to be right there to love you like the first time. So... I know that God forgives me. 
Good morning, church. Uh, my name, hold on. I'm like taller than, how do you fix this? There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Renee Mejia. Uh, I'm, a going, I'm an upcoming senior. Uh, I was baptized August 21st, uh, 2010. Uh, feel kind of old. <laughs> Anyways, um, me and Justin have the privilege to share a little bit. Um, up here today. Uh, I just want to share a little bit about my testimony and about uh, my walk with God so far up to this point. Um, I was asked to study the Bible uh, back in 2010 by uh, Matthew Keys and Tino Seya. Um I missed that dude. <laughs> but um, as, I, as I was studying the Bible, I, I was really, I was unsure, uh, confused. Moving along, um, I I just felt my heart changing for the better. Um, I saw God's faithfulness uh, for me, and just he died for our sins. Uh, merely made me change my heart. So go, coming up to freshman year, I was really um, just excited and fired up to really go to school and share my faith. It was going into freshman year, uh, I was just looking forward to telling my friends uh, I was baptized, uh, I, wanted, I want you guys to come to church. However, uh, going to school, I was uh, a timid Christian. I wouldn't really share my faith. Uh, I was just quiet. I was in the corner, not really participating, but also not saying anything. Uh, so going throughout freshman year like this uh, really didn't help me grow spiritually. Uh, I wasn't being a fisher of, of men. And so going back, going back to summer of my summer after freshman year, I was really looking forward to summer, uh, just really grow my convictions back with God. Um, I was ready for teen camp because I I love teen camp. It always gives me uh, like spiritual boost in a way. Um, But I went to teen camp really not uh, looking forward to – to going back to school because I knew it would be a tough school year. So when I came out of teen camp, um, going back to sophomore year, um, I didn't really make any changes. Uh, I did get that spiritual boost, um, but there was no changes uh, with my life and just uh, in general with me getting open or um, staying in my uh, prayer time and uh, reading my Bible. So going into sophomore year, I began to notice a change. Uh, now I wasn't the guy who would just stand on the side, the timid Christian. Now I was kind of starting to participate in that. Um, I just saw my heart just harden slowly. Um, but I was still the, the Christian, you know, not, not going to parties. Uh, I wouldn't drink, smoke. Um, I was still that. People would see uh, I was still that Christian, uh, quote, unquote. Um, however, I, I began to notice uh, gradually over the time, I just, uh, my heart begins to, began to harden, and I, I was the one that began to, you know, say the first uh, joke or start coach joking or, you know, saying a bad word here and then, um, not really uh, go, being all out with it, just kind of, oh, let me just hide a little bit, um, I'll just say a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, they'll still think I'm a Christian. Um, 
So going sophomore year like this, I thought I was fine. You know, I, w- I wasn't open to my friends. Uh, I wasn't open to my team leaders. Uh, I would be kind of over the surface, like, oh, yeah, I'm struggling with this at school or this. Um, but I really wouldn't be deep with it. Um, so going into uh, summer, I was looking forward to team camp again, except uh, this time my heart was just hard. So when I went to, going into team camp, I wasn't really look, uh, giving, and I wasn't putting all my heart towards it. So um, it kind of just really didn't do much for me. I was going into junior year. I was I was now um, bold. I was now sorry. Uh, I was uh, sorry. I was I was bold now, um, but not for God, just for sin. Um, so. As as time went on, I just noticed myself. I'm I'm drifted away from God. Um, I would go to church, um, but not really be at church. Uh, my heart wasn't there. My mind, um, you know, just go uh, say hi to people. What's up? <laughs> just kind of go with the flow in a sense. Um, so junior year was really tough for me. Um, I feel like junior year, I really just. Uh, separated my relationships from the church. Um, I was hanging out with uh, school friends. Uh, my mom would tell me to always like, uh, like try to stay connected with my school friends, and I'd just be like, "Yeah, whatever, mom. Um, uh, I'll go with my church friends when I see my devo." <laughs> but um, uh, so moving on, junior year, I really just begin to feel empty after all these things. Uh, after drifting, I just feel empty. Um, just coming home, everything was just going downhill. I don't. When I was home, I was just uh, really empty, bored, uh, not really. Just feel felt lonely. Like I like, what am I doing? Like my life was going downhill. So I just began to try to initiate help with uh, Martin. Uh, Martin's great team leader. I love him. Um, so me and Martin started meeting up uh, just weekly, uh, every Tuesday, I believe. It's funny, though, because uh, I remember going into uh, th- this cafe spot we go into. I was kind of like, I don't want to go. Like, nah, um, just nah. <laughs> so uh, I told Martin that. I was like, nah, man, I'm tired. Like, I, I-, I think I should go. And then... Uh, and then he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. Um, I was like, and then I go outside. I'm, uh, um, I go, Mom, can you pick me up? I'm tired. She's like, uh, you're walking home then. <laughs> then, Because uh, I'm not picking you up. You're staying with Martine. So, <laughs> so I stay with Martine. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just, let me just get a uh, hot chocolate or something and we'll be tight. Um, so... That meeting was actually the most impacting in my life. Um, I remember Martin reading this scripture to me in Second uh, Corinthians seven nine. He says, "It says, uh, yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. 
Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourself. What indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. So I really, as we kept meeting on Martine, I started to feel this just uh, need to really just try to repent and p- bring my convictions back. Um, I forgot, I felt eager to, you know, uh, do better. Um, I, I had no regret, oh, sorry, I had no regret of um, my repentance. So that went well. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was awesome. But so summer came back again, and this time I was ready for team camp. Um, I was I was in the senior leadership track. I had the privilege to be in that. Um, you know, that was an awesome experience for me because I feel going into this team camp, I really wanted to give my whole heart out, um, just meet new people, um, just really serve God. Um, so we went to UCR to share our faith with a couple of people there. Um, and I had the privilege to lead an evangelistic Bible talk. So, yeah. Um, uh, only two people came, but I was like, that's cool. I still, I still had my, uh, my friends. Um, anyway, so that, I think that really impacted me because it showed um, how God is faithful and how I just really, I, I, I was a timid Christian now, just uh, being bold in my faith and um, just really leading my D group. Um, and one thing that really stood out to me from teen camp was towards the end of teen camp. Um, all right, I'm, I don't want to cry, so I'm preparing myself. Um, one of the one of the my brothers in my D group um, came up to me just bawling in tears. Um, he goes, sorry. Uh, he goes, thank you uh, just for being an older brother to me. Um, I've never had uh, this older brother. Uh, my dad left me when I was two. Um, I feel like I could tell you anything. Uh, he goes, thank you for being a great example. And I feel like I could go down this mountain, um, just changed and convicted. So, of course, I start to cry. Um, I'm like, I'm not crying, dude. I'm just like. <laughs> I was, um, but, yeah, I just saw how over time things progressed. Um, God was just faithful in my life. He didn't. He put, uh, yeah, my mom was the one behind me, my team leaders. Um, but that was all God working through them. Um, lastly, I just, I just see how God's faith really changed me from being a timid Christian to now being confident in my faith. Thank you.
Awesome. What's up, church? Uh, my name is Justin Shump. For you that don't know me or don't recognize me, uh, I am the child of Mark and Catherine Shump, and they're awesome. Um, and it's just really, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. Um, so God is salvation, says it right there. Um, you know, a lot of us know we have a little puppy named Louie. Who knows Louie? Louie's really cute. Um, but Louie had some issues growing up when he was younger. Uh, when, when we'd leave the house or leave him alone in the room, he would, he would cry and whine and just really had some problems. So we, uh, we hired a trainer um, who came in, and Louie was diagnosed with separation anxiety disorder <laughs> as a young child. And I'm going to give you the, the, the definition of separation anxiety disorder is a psychological condition in which an individual experiences excessive anxiety regarding separation from people to whom the individual has a strong attachment to. And it's very sad. Um, and, you know, it can be seen as a bad thing, uh, separation anxiety. But, you know, over the past month, I've come to realize that I think separation anxiety can be a good thing. Now, you might be saying, Justin, the Bible says do not worry, that we need to cast all of our anxiety onto God. And these statements are true, but, you know, I do believe that there is room for some healthy separation anxiety in our life. But what is separation? You know, the Bible says that it's sin that separates us from God. You know, from a physical point of view, death is the ultimate separation. Um, and up until recently, I never really thought about dying. Uh, my mother, I'm sorry, not my mother. My grandmother passed away uh, about a year ago. Um, but I always saw death as something that would come in the distant future. You know, not something I would have to deal with now. Um, so I also had the privilege of going on a, on a, a youth corps uh, in Alaska. Um, I left on June, sorry, July 12th. And uh, it was awesome. I was serving with uh, 22 other teens uh, from all over the U.S. and Canada. And um, we were roughing it hard. We had no running water and electricity for two weeks. So we smelled a little bit uh, by the end of the two weeks, no showers. Um, but the... The Saturday before I left, uh, July 11th, um, I got word that one of my good friends who I'd grown up with had passed away. Um, some of you know, I went to Miracosta High School my freshman year and uh, decided to come to Culver City for my sophomore year, and I'll be going there this year as a junior. Um, but one of my friends from Miracosta uh, was killed in a partying accident. Uh, I know uh, maybe you heard about it on the news. I know my dad talked about it a little bit at one of the midweeks. Um, but that was just, it was hard. You know, I really started to, to rethink my life, um, just felt so bad for the family. Um, you know, he had three, three younger siblings, a younger brother named Johnny, uh, two younger sisters, Catherine and Caroline, and uh, just I can't imagine, you know, having to go through that. Um, and for me, I also realized that I need to be a little more careful because I could die at any moment. You know, it was the first, first teen death that I had really experienced, and it really just brought things into perspective. Um, so Hoop Youth Corps starts the next, the day after, and I'm feeling pumped. I'm ready to kind of go and serve, um, hopefully kind of work through uh, the sadness that, that was hitting. Um, and the first day we were there, we got word uh, that one of the girls would not be joining us on our youth corps. Her name was Key. Um, she, had, uh, gone, she had gotten really bad heat strokes. She was, she's a disciple um, in the church in Las Vegas, and she had gotten really bad heat stroke and had gone into a coma. Um, and so she would not be joining us on our youth corps. Um, but every day, you know, every day of the week went on, it, we heard good news. You know, Key opened her eyes. Key is laughing. Key 
um, you know, has heard her brother was talking to her and she was responding. Um, and that was just really encouraging to hear that, you know, after, um, after kind of the first death, it was like, okay, well, at least she's getting better. Um, then that Thursday, uh, I was out uh, working trails with a sister named Karina, who's in the central region. And um, she left for about three hours and came back and had been crying. And uh, I asked her, I said, Karina, what's wrong? She said, Justin, I, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to make your, I don't want to make your day bad. I don't want to discourage you. And I said, no, no, you can tell me. Um, and she began to tell me her mother had been battling cancer for a while, and uh, the cancer had spread um, to her brain and her spine, and she was given two weeks to live. Um, and there's no words you can really say in that moment to, to comfort someone. Uh, so we got together and we prayed, and uh, they announced it to the youth corps. Um, you know, I told Karina, I said, Karina, you need, you need to be with your mom. You need to go home. And she said, no, I'm, you know, we're going to really monitor it. We're going to be on the phone every hour. Um, and if I need to go home, then I will go home back to L.A. So uh, the week goes on. Uh, Saturday comes, and we get word that Karina's mom's condition is really worsening. And uh, Karina had to go home. Um, so she went home that Saturday. Uh, and that was just really hard, leaving someone, sorry, her leaving, because we had really just grown close as a family. Uh, if you've been on a youth corps, you know how tight you get. And just having someone go home was just really hard. Um, so that Wednesday, we got word that Key passed away. You know, it's just so hard after hearing that you know, she's opened her eyes. She's, she's smiling. She's happy. And then to hear that she's gone. Uh, I met Key back in December. We took a family trip to Las Vegas. And just knowing that one of your sisters in Christ is is dead. Um, it's really something that's hard to come to grips with. Last Monday, we got word that Karina's mom passed away. You know, after everything that's happened, I would say that I have a separation anxiety. But I believe it's a good thing. You know, I'm scared that when I die, I won't be going to heaven. And that's a legitimate fear. But it's not something that causes me to do bad. It's something that inspires me. You know, I don't want to be separated from God when I die. And I think we all need to have a little bit more separation anxiety in our lives. We need to worry a little bit more about our salvation. But why? Why should we worry about being separated from God? Because God is salvation. And if we are separated from God and we die, then there is no salvation for us. I want to share a scripture. If you can turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. Verse 10, it says, But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know, it says guard. You know, when we guard things, we're a little, we're a little worried, aren't we? We're a little anxious. That's the reason we guard things. Um, you know, some things we guard. We guard our money. We lock it in the safe or we put it in the bank. Uh, we guard our house. We lock our doors. We, some of us get fancy security systems for our homes. 
Um, if you have kids, you want to guard your kids. You get them safety car seats. You put the little weird white things on all the doorknobs so they don't open up doors. But how well do you guard your salvation? And, you know, this isn't only for us, for our own salvation. Um, you know, we also need a guard for the salvation of others. My friend Mason, you know, one of the hardest things about him passing is that I could have been his one chance to know God, but I didn't reach out to him. I didn't tell him the good news about Jesus. I know that's a cliche. You could be, you know, the one person people meet, but guys, that's real. And that's something I have to deal with and I have to accept. That I chose to be selfish and not share my faith, and now he's dead, and he doesn't have another chance. Again, we should feel worried not only about ourselves being separated from God, but also worried about others. You know, to the people in the room who are not right with God, I want to beg and plead with you, please get right with God. Please. You don't want your families or the people you love to have to go through the things that some of these families have had to go through. I want you to be secure in the fact that you have a relationship with God and you have salvation. And to those of us who are right with God, don't lose sight of the goal. We need to step out on our faith. We need to tell people the good news of Jesus and we need to be more courageous because we could be their one and only chance. You know, how worried are you about the salvation of others? The salvation of the people at your work, at your school, your neighbors, your family members, your children. What about the people in your church? How worried are you? So let's be a little more concerned about separation from God. Let's have a little bit more separation anxiety. Because God is salvation. And that is the truth. Thank you. We're going to take communion here in just a second. Please join me in Matthew chapter 18. I'm so grateful that the second generation of our church has their own faith, has their own convictions. So grateful to be part of the West Side team ministry and family ministry. So grateful for the singles who mentor us and encourage us in the team ministry. Thank you, especially in, in the last few months, pursuing to make more connections with the family ministry. So grateful for that. Thank you for the campus ministry. So how are you doing, church? Can you relate to our struggles? Can you relate with the battles that our teens go through? We totally relate. We're undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. There's a lot of teens making some comebacks. I hope you're making some comebacks. There's a lot of teens aligning themselves with the scriptures again or for the first time. I hope it's the same about our church. There's a lot of teens studying the Bible again, restoration studies, character studies, the basics. I hope we're pursuing the same thing. There's, a, there's an overflow of gr- gratitude that's not hype. And I pray it's the same for all of us. I hope you see how our youth are very vulnerable and genuine. That is something to be... W- for us to imitate. I love the teen ministry. The teen ministry is not one with hype. It's one with time and with love. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells all of us in verse 2, he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. 
unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I think today the teen set an example for us and how vulnerable and how genuine they are. My encouragement to all of us is that we hear God's words here and imitate their vulnerability, their genuineness, and their pursuit for God. Amen.